Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي You guys can hear me, yeah? Okay, just want to make sure that uh, this mic is at the right place First of all, Jazakallah Khair for uh, inviting me and uh, it's good to see, mashallah, so many brothers and sisters here and uh, the brothers who are taking care of the masjid I heard Brother Dr. Khalid, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect him and his family from all sorts of harms and evils, and uh, Mawlana Muhammad Sharif, and all the brothers and sisters who are participating in uh, this effort to bring Islam back in our lives. That's the idea at the end of the day. Uh, so I gave uh, Mawlana Sahib a couple of topics, and one of the topics I asked him that I really like to talk about is raising kids in, in the West. And I hope, I wish that I could have shown some uh, slides here, but we cannot, maybe some other time. But uh, so, uh, when we say raising kids in the West, I, I think this is an incorrect way of looking at it. We as Muslims, we understand whether we are raising kids in the West or the East or, or North, South, wherever we are raising. Uh, at the end of the day, we have to raise the kids as Allah Azza wa Jal has told us to, right? And uh, we as Muslims understand that as an ummah and as individuals, we have this responsibility on our shoulders to live our life according to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is like a basic thing that all Muslims, we know that, alhamdulillah. So me standing here to remind you feels like, why the brother is repeating something? Sometimes certain things click from listening to others sometime. As a matter of fact, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the one who's the best of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he himself used to ask some of the Sahaba to recite the Quran for him. And the Sahaba used to get surprised. Ya Rasulullah, are you asking us to recite for you? But he liked it to hear it from the others as well. So, we know that Islam gives us a way of life. And Islam comes with clear guidelines about how to live our life and how to raise our children. Can you take it off? Okay. <coughs> it's just different masajids have different rules. I'm just following uh, at least that part of it. So when we talk about Islam, it gives us the guideline for living our life and raising the children. And I see most of us, alhamdulillah, here are a little bit older generation here, the one who have their own kids. Maybe some of them have grandkids as well. But, uh, so that I will, my focus will be more towards the parents, but inshallah there will be some stuff for the children as well, if they are young ones who are not even married. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us complete guidelines, whether we live in the west, or we live in the east. Live in the east. It does not give us any excuse to relax our standards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. 
So just because living in the West, let's not think of it that oh, we are living in the West, so certain things become halal for me that Allah has made haram for us. Or certain haram things become halal or halal becomes haram. Neither one. We have to follow Allah Azza wa Jal no matter where we are. And remember that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the commands which are good for, it was good for the time of Rasulullah It was throughout the time for past 1400 plus years until today it is good for us and it will be good for us until the day of judgment. So time does not invalidate the ahkam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It does not change the ahkam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It has to stay as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. So as I say, when I'm talking about these things, many of us say, well, alhamdulillah, we are all aware of it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And remind each other. Because a reminder helps, benefits the believers. See, anyone Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using the word mu'mineen, it helps the believers, the mu'mineen, the true believers. And when we talk about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whenever, we should remember Rasulullah hadith that says, nasiha. The deen is an advice. Deen is the nasiha. And Rasulullah, for whom ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, qala lillahi wa li kitabihi wa li rasulihi wa li aimmatil muslimin wa aamatihim. And this hadith is a muttafaqun alayhi hadith. When we say muttafaqun alayhi, it means that both Imam Muslim and Imam Bukhari, عليهم, both of them agreed upon the hadith. They both report the hadith. So this is one of the higher levels of the hadith. So the deen is a nasiha. When we talk about this deen, we are reminding each other. Okay? And it's for all. For whom? It was said, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger and His book. What does it mean by Allah and Messenger and His book? So whatever Allah and His Messenger has commanded us, in his book, we follow those commands. That's what it means by this is the advice for us. And when it comes to the Aymat al-Muslimin, the one who have whatsoever kind of leadership Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to them, this is upon us to remind them, give them the advice as well. Just because somebody has attained certain position in the society, does not mean they are above the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all still need nasiha. We all need advice from each other. Same way, that continues on, and the general population as well. So this deen is a nasiha for all of us, so we should remember that. Continuing on, there are things that I would like to build up before I dive into the challenges we have in raising the, uh, uh, raising the families and uh, how to tackle them. Those building blocks I'd like to make is so we remember and Keep our focus aligned with certain things. For example, what is our purpose of life? So whatever we talk about, it has to be aligned with the purpose Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us. As Allah Azza wa Jalla says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ We have not created jinn and the mankind for anything but to worship me. Me Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here, when Allah Azza wa is telling us that Allah's sole purpose of us creation was so we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then automatically, it should create some questions in our mind. What is worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then? 
Because praying, fasting, hajj, zakat, these things do not take my 24-7, right? Does not take the 24 hours of the day. So definitely, ibadah is more than that. The worship is more than that. Yes, these are worship. These are part of the worship. But worship, worshiping Allah Azza wa is not restricted to the masjid. It's not restricted to our houses. It is for whatsoever, whatever action we are undertaking, it has to be according to commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what makes us the real slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as a matter of fact, we as human beings are created by nature as slaves. It's up to us to choose our master. Either we, our master is the creator of the heavens and the earth and whatsoever is there, or our master is one of the creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether they are people or our own personal desires. Ch- choice is ours. Allah has left the choice to us. That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we have given him the path. Now it's up to him. Be thankful. How do you be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? By following what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. That's how we become thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we don't do that, then we are rejecting. And we are becoming one of the ones who are doing the kufr. So that's what it means by worshipping. Now, keeping that focus as individuals, that we understand our purpose of creation is to worship Allah. Now as a community, as a Muslim ummah, we don't think of as a community only as Frankfurt community. We don't think of ourselves as Chicago community, Illinois community, or U.S., or Europe, or West. No, we are part of one ummah. Hence, our goals should be same. Our mission should be same. The mission has to be, must be, the same as what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Rasulullah with. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has repeated the mission of Rasulullah sallallahu three times in the Quran. Same wording. We have sent you, sent him Muhammad with the deen of, with the, with the guidance, with the deen of haq the deen of truth. For what? This is subhanAllah, his, this, this, this one word seems like, it takes, actually it's more than one, but it comes out as one word in Arabic. So this deen prevails over all other adyan. This way of life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained on us that prevails. Because why? Look, this is from the creator of the heavens and the earth. This is the mercy to the mankind. That's the one that saves the mankind. The message we have that Rasulullah brought, that is for the saving the mankind from the destruction the shaitan wants us to fall trap of. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the messengers and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the last messenger. And the ayah goes on, وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ And the mushrikun will not like it, what you, this deen of Allah, this way of life of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prevails. And for this way of life to prevail, one of the things that we have to do is we have to take care of our families as well. But this family has to be raised with the focus. If the focus is not there, then we will be raising the families for other ways of lives. Thinking, yes, mashallah, I'm pushing my kid to be in the masjid, come to the masjid only, 
But if we don't have the focus that what we want to get out of it, then the same worship can be problematic. So keep the focus. It's a very, very crucial thing. And inshallah, when I finish the talk, I would like the brothers and the sisters who are here, here let's have an open discussion as well. If there's any questions that things do not make sense, I'd like to answer them that this way things become clear inshallah. Okay, so that we understand that. Now when we move on to the family part, so this, these things we understand, individuals and community as an ummah, as an individual, as we get into this business of having families, mashallah, like to have children, like to have wife or wives, whatsoever way it works for the people, we should remember our obligation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Tahreem, بَعَلْعَوْذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا قُوْ أَنفُسَكُمْ وَأَهْلِكُمْ نَارًا Subhanallah. You know, Sahaba, Ridwanullah alayhim, they used to say, whenever you hear the word, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Their ears will go up. Why? This phrase in the Quran always followed with Awamir aw nawahi. What does it mean by that? Either there's a command coming that you must do, or there is an ob- there's a prohibition coming after that. So now, what is the command here? Qu'anfusakum. Save yourselves. This ku word is coming from the same word, the root word that gives the word taqwa to us. Taqwa, that we prevent ourselves to fall trap of shaitan. All the wrong ways which are out there. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, First Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Go, protect yourself. وَأَهْلِكُمْ And your families. From what? From the nar, from the fire. There's a qarina, there's a, there's, a, uh, there's a thing called indicators in the fiqh. Anytime an, a hukum is connected with a punishment, that means that is an obligation. That is an obligation. It is not a recommendation. It is not something, do it when you feel like, and let it go if you don't feel like it. No, it means it's an obligation. Because prevent, protect, protecting yourself from the hellfire is an obligation. It's a must. And if you're not doing that, then that could be our destination. And what kind of a destination is this? Subhanallah. The fuel for that fire is human beings and the stones. Whether those stones are the one you worship or whatsoever they are, whatever things you're worshiping, they will become the fuel. See, it's not only saying that you will burn into the fire. Rather, you will be the one who will be causing the fire to go up because it is a fuel now. Hasab jahannam Another place Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred to that. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala عَلَيْهَا مَلَائِكَةٌ غِلَادٌ شِدَادٌ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also, see, this is a very interesting thing about the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the, about, about the Jannah and Nar, Allah is not just leaving that Jannah and Nar mentioned. Then Allah actually make it more graphical. So the more the things are graphical, the more it really sticks in our mind. Whether it's the Jannah or Nar. So you will see the, the things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about Jannah, make it beautiful, so you, will, you really want to have it. When they talk about Jahannam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws the picture, so you want to stay away. So what is the picture here? عَلَيْهَا مَلَائِكَةٌ غِلَادٌ شِدَادٌ 
Allah has placed the malaika, angels on top. They are severe in punishment. La Allah. They do not disobey Allah. Don't think you're going to give bribe them or you have some money or something and you will get away with the punishment that day. Allah. They do not, do not disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ma amarahum, whatever Allah has commanded. They do whatever Allah commands them to do. So the kinds of punishment Allah has prepared, there will be no way out. Except from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Now, keeping this in mind, that this is our obligation now. So when we talk about family, this is an obligation on us to protect ourselves first and the family. And also Allah, Rasulullah has mentioned in many hadith, one of them says, Kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'ulun. Every one of you, they use the word shepherd. Of course, shepherd here means a caretaker. Caretaker of your subject. I can do literal translation, you're a shepherd of your flock. Of course, the flock here means your subject. And I say, فَالْإِمَامُ رَعِنْ وَهُوَ مَسْعُولٌ Imam, the one who rules over the Muslims by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the mas'ul. See, the word mas'ul, uh, uh, mashallah, the brothers who are here, they either speak Urdu or uh, uh, Arabic. So mas'ul is from the word su'al. In Urdu we say sawal, but it's su'al. And mas'ul means the one who will be questioned. One who will be questioned about his subject. Whoever is your subject, you're accountable. If you're an imam with all the Muslimin, you are questioned for every single one of them. This is why Umar bin Khattab radiallahu an, he used to walk during the night time to make sure everybody needs have been fulfilled. Remember the story when Umar al-Khattab, he was walking in one of those night patrols and he saw a woman from far. All of you probably heard the story. She was cooking something in a pot and then the, uh, uh, when he got closer to her and he, and he saw the children were crying around her. He said, why are they crying? She said, they are hungry. And he said, why don't you feed, her, feed them what you have? She said, there's nothing in the pot except water. And the only reason she's heating up the water so the kids will have hope, the food will be there. And while they're waiting, they might fall asleep. And then she said a very interesting thing. And that's the point I want to make sure that we understand. Because a lot of times we just hear the story like that. What she said, he, what she said and Allah will ask Umar on the day of judgment. <laughs> Subhanallah. And Umar was surprised. Umar said, how would Umar know your situation? She doesn't know. She's talking to Umar al-Khattab radiallahu an. And he said, she, he asked, how would he know? And she said, when Umar took this job to be the Amir al-Mu'mineen, then now it is up to him to find out how we are doing. It's not us, we have to go and tell him that we have needs. Now this is his job. Isn't that the case? When we have a, a mother or a father have children, our family has, uh, the, the couple has children, couple do not do this, that we have food, kids go and eat them, that's your problem that you eat or you don't eat. You make sure that every child is fed. You know, mashallah, there's a doctor here, he knows more. If kids have, if, 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 a, uh, if a couple has twins or triplets, sometimes they are identical. <laughs> Mother mixed the kids and she cannot tell who's fed and who's not fed. 
But it's a, it's, she is the caretaker. She's accountable to make sure the children are fed. Then why do we think of the one who are ruling over us? They have the past to go whatever they want. At the end, they say, oh, we did not know. This is not my job. No, this is your job. In the winter when we're seeing in Chicago, people are dying because of cold. Whoever has a responsibility of taking care of them, this is their job. On the day of judgment, they will be accountable. So this is how we should look at when we talk about mas'ul. And then the hadith goes on. أَهْلِهِ And the man is a caretaker or in the family, of his family. زَوْجِهَا And the woman is a caretaker of the house of his, uh, the husband that he has given and the children. مَسْؤُولَ She's a caretaker. And the hadith goes on and on and says, أَلَا فَكُلُّكُمْ رَعِينَ وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسُولٌ And every one of you is a caretaker. And every one of you will be held responsible for what you are made uh, uh, responsible for. So look at that from that perspective. And then look at our families, look at our children before we even talk about the challenges. I have until 8.15, yeah? Okay. Okay. I want to make sure that I'm not, I'm not exceeding time. So we should remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put a test on us. What is the test? Within our family that Allah has given us, Allah has blessed us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ladina amanu. Again, look. Ya ladina amanu. <laughs> we should always remember, okay, something is coming for me now to do or to, 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 to prohibit or prevent from it. Ya ladina amanu. Inna min azwajikum wa awladikum Subhanallah. Allah is saying, among your wives, among your children, there are enemies for you. See, Allah did not say, every child, every wife or spouse of yours is an enemy. No, Allah is saying, among them, there are enemies for you. Why? If they are the one become the cause for you to start committing haram. Isn't that the case? Many a times, our own spouses, our own children, their love push us to the point that we find excuses to commit haram. And we'll talk about one of the examples of haram later on. What kind of a haram that we may indulge into. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the same surah in Surah Al-Taghabun says, إِنَّمَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادُكُمْ فِتْنَةِ وَاللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ عَجْرٌ عَظِيمٌ Subhanallah. See, first he said, among your wives and your children, there, is the, there are enemies for you. By the way, about them, say Allah, watch out. In But if they, of course, if they leave whatever wrong they're doing, then of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be easy on them. But then Allah says, indeed, in your wealth, in your children, there's a fitna. There's a fitna for you. It's not a desi fitna. <laughs> Yeah? In Urdu, we call fitna for a strange things. No. Fitna here means it's a trial, it's a tribulation from Allah Azza wa Jal. One of the Mufassireen discusses the word fitna like this. It is from the word fatana yuftinu, which is like a, when you take gold and put it in the oven, and when you heat it up, what happens? All the impurities separate from the gold. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does to us. When we are given this blessing of wealth, when we are given the blessing of children, Allah has put us in a trial. 
we will go become gold and all the najis all the impurities will be separated out if when if we follow the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the trial and tribulation if we start making compromises then we will go by the dirt that's separating from the gold it's up to us what do we want to be and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also reminds us I was just talking to Hassan about distraction Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تُهْلِكُمْ أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَلَا أَوْلَادُكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Subhanallah Do not make your wealth and your children distract you from the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for doing with Allah see dhikr of Allah don't think of dhikr of Allah is only taking a tasbih and say subhanallah 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 dhikr is in Arabi dhikr means reminder remembrance so whatever we are doing any action we are undertaking whether it's a salah ibadat whether it's mu'amalat taking care of any other transaction or either akhlaqiyat whether the way we dress mabusat matumat what we eat all these things whatever we do we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's not make your wealth and your children distract you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's dhikr. That's what we're talking about here. So that's what we are up against when we talk about raising the kids in, according to Islam. Now challenges. Because of time, I will go through very quickly. And those challenges... You might think, oh, these are the challenges for the kuffar. No, they are not the challenges for the kuffar. These challenges are for all of us. For example, the use of alcohol. We will be naive that we think this is a problem for only the non-Muslims out there. Don't be naive. We may have our own children, unfortunately, because the system around us, society around us, has impact on us, all of us. Forget about children. Think about your own self. Is it, doesn't the society impact us? And if we think it does not, we are fooling ourselves. We are fooling ourselves. Society impacts all. So alcohol. You know how many percent of the 12 graders have tried alcohol? I'm giving the numbers from their own uh, stats. 68%, 68% have tried alcohol. 37% of 12th graders have drunk at least in the last month. One third, more than one third. More than two thirds have drank the moment they get to 12th grade. 35% of high schoolers within the month they have or survey were drinking alcohol. 10% drove after drinking even. And their numbers, too many, I'm not going to go too many. All those numbers. Marijuana, nearly 3,300 teens try weed on uh, for the first time every day. Every day, first time they're trying, 3,300. And this, these numbers were before all this cannabis and all that became legal. So... The, I don't know the new numbers now. Approximately 13% of teenagers who smoke marijuana become dependent on it. The brothers who are doctors here, they have these numbers better than me. They are aware of them. They see these cases. I know many, many doctors. I have talked to them. And I know the situation is actually worse than what the numbers show. 
Ask any doctor, when a child comes to the hospital, a child, a small child, with a broken bone or something, what do they do to the child? First thing they do, I'm talking about a child could be a month old, a days old. They will check if there's a sexual abuse case there involved or not. Can you imagine talking about a few days old baby you're checking? This is a society we're talking about. See, if we don't understand the society, we cannot be up for the challenge to take care of. So don't think I am giving numbers to scare you off. No. The point is, first you have to know the reality we are in. Then we can only tackle it. If you don't know the reality, how are we going to tackle it? At least have some of it. I'm not saying go do these things. Then you will learn. No. At least learn about it. Sexual and physical abuse, just give you a one number. I think that will be enough for us to think twice what society we are in. 20, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner. 20 per minute. Which means one every three seconds. One-fifth of the women in the United States have been raped in their lifetime. This is from CNN. One-fifth. One it's a big, big, big number. Racism, I don't have to, to, to talk about that. We all know how the racism exists in the society. And that racism is part of the current system that we have around us. It's inherent. It's inherent. When, when the man takes the job of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of legislation, by default, he will look for his own benefit. Whoever is in majority, he will look for his own benefit. Whoever has power, look for his own benefit. So, it's inherent. You will look for your own benefit. And that's one aspect of it. The problem is, humans do not even have the knowledge to make laws which can be just for the people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran, There are things you may dislike, but they are good for you. And there are things, there are things that you don't like, they're good for you, there are things that you love, they are bad for you. And Allah knows and you don't. That's the reality of us. So if we don't even have the knowledge, how are we going to come up with the rules and regulations and laws which are just for the people? This is not possible even. I don't have to go over Kyle Rittenhouse or George Floyd or Brian Taylor, Ahmad Audrey and on and on and on and on. Now, now going to a very quick Five-minute thing so you know what you are up against. You know our kids, when we are raising kids, how many hours are there? Does anybody know in one week? Anybody want to make a guess? Let's see how much math we know here. <laughs> Too much math, yeah? It's about 168 hours. 7 times 24 is 168. Okay. 68, 168, right? Kids spend about 10 hours very easily when they go to school and come back. 10 hours a day. That's 50 hours a week. Out of 168, 50 hours are gone. 
normal kid, he would sleep about 8 hours. Yes? Per day. 8 times 7 is 56 hours. 106 hours are gone. What left is about, what, 62 hours? Out of the 62 hours, if the kid is watching about 2 hours of TV per day, which is unfortunately and becoming a norm, should not be, that takes 14 hours away. And then about 14 hours they will be playing something. Yeah? Whether it's a video games or they're going out in the playground and play. I would say about one hour a day they eat. I, my kids sometimes they spend hour for just one meal. <laughs> so let's say one hour a day. That takes seven hours away. And then, you know what is left right now is about 17 plus 13, 20 hours so far. And, and I have not talked about that they have washed themselves, they used the toilet yet, or taking shower, right? Or some of the kids actually go to Saturday school also. That takes another 8 or 10 hours. I haven't talked about Salah yet. So how are we hoping that the society will not impact our kids? This is why it's important to know what the society we are living in. If our kids are spending 98% of the time with what? Interacting with the society. And I really challenge each and every father and the mother here. Mothers probably have better communication than the fathers. How much of the time per day we really have a meaningful conversation with our kids? Meaningful conversation. I'm not talking about don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Conversation where you can learn your children where they're going. Do we really have this meaningful conversation? If not, well then there is somebody else who's teaching our kids something. Either we teach our kids, or society is already teaching. <laughs> and we are already impacted by society ourselves. On top of it, society is directly interacting with our families. Then people say, you know what? We've, we have to have a balance in deen and dunya, brother. What are you talking about? <laughs> Is that true statement? You know, since I was growing up from the childhood, the moment if I started going to the masjid too often, my kids will, parents would sense what's going on here. Let me make sure. There's a balance in dunya and deen and dunya. In Urdu we have become this a common statement. Deen dunya chalni Yeah? You know, this is a wrong statement. I am saying it very clearly it's a wrong statement. Why is it wrong? Because for in Islam, we don't have a separation of deen and dunya. This is a secular idea. It is not from Islam. In Islam, Islam teaches us how to run my life as a whole. Whether it's my ibadat, my worship, whether it's my mu'amalat, all sorts of transactions with other people and the transaction to myself. What I eat, what I drink, what I dress, and how I communicate with the people, the akhlaq or not. All those things have to be according to command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hence, there is no such thing as, I am going to balance deen and dunya. It's going to be deen and only deen. That's going to tell me how to live my life. That's what means by لَيُدْهَرَوْا عَدِّينَ كُلِّهِ 
So this deen becomes the victorious or prevail or this way of life from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, don't think of it what the media has pumped up the people with. Think of it what Allah wants from us. We all going to die. We have to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any of us can hear, can drop dead now. What are we going to say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What did we do? It has to be according to commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a whole, as a package, not parts and bits. Now, there is, there is actually concerted effort by the way. That's why I brought up the idea of the media, which is there to make sure to suppress Islam, to wipe out Islam. And I'm not saying that. Doesn't matter what I say, what we can, you and I can sense from the media. Allah Azza wa Jal says, "Yuriduna an yutfu nur Allah bi afwaim, wa yaballahu illa an yutimma nura, walau karehal kafirun." They want Allah Subhanahu wa Taala say, they want to extinguish the nur of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the deen of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But Allah will never let it happen. Allah will make it prevail. It's up to us. We became part of that job that is going to happen, or we will be the one who will be sitting on the sideline and watching how the others will do it. Allah does not need us. We need Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We don't do the job. Allah will bring the people who will do the job. So it's up to us. And I'm going back to the obligation again. So we understand all these challenges, right? So now, with all those challenges, we have to do أَنفُسَكُمْ وَأَهْلِكُمْ نَارًا Save yourself and your families from the fire. But knowing all this, the task is still there. We still have to do that. So now, the question comes in, and in the next five minutes, I'll cover it quickly. What should I do now? You scared the heck out of me. <laughs> what should I do? Number one thing, our question should not be what should I do? Because the question should be what should we do? The problem was not individual problem only. Yes, there's individual aspects of it. And Alhamdulillah, having seen parents here, that I part is already being taken care of. These parents are concerned parents, that's why they are here. They don't want to hear me coming from, who cares who this brother Asim is. <laughs> But the thing is, this I part is already there. We want to do something. Now we have to think of it as a we, as an ummah. How can I take care of when my kid goes out in the society? I have no fear but this, that inshallah he will learn something more about the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But for that we have to take some steps. So where does the solution come from first of all? And obviously I will not be able to answer everything. In one talk here, this is a big subject. But we have to have a focus. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَنَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ تِبْيَانًا لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ We have revealed this book to you, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, تِبْيَانًا لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ It explains everything. Subhanallah. Allah has given us the solution for every problem that existed, exists, and will exist until the day of judgment. But we have to go back to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when I say book of Allah, let's not be fooled by some of the ideas out there that as if that means only Quran. The Quran asked us 
to follow the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's an obligation to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because when we talk about sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that's part of the wahi like the Quran is wahi. Yes, it's, there's a difference between the Quran and the sunnah, but they're both forms of wahi. It's revelation. وَمَا يَنْتِقْوَانِ الْحَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيُ يُحَىٰ Rasulullah does not say anything except what has been revealed to him through the wahi. So the sunnah is also have to be followed. And making Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a judge for everything. فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَدَيْتِ You cannot be a true believer unless you make Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the one who judges in all the affairs. And not only that, whatever judgment he passes, you accept it with full submission. In the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that Anything, okay? Anything if anybody introduces, which is for a fear which is not from us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reject it. It will be rejected. This hadith is again a muttafaqun alayh. Remember in the beginning I said muttafaqun alayh, hadith which is reported by both Imam Muslim and Bukhari, one of the highest level of the hadith. At the end, what should we do another thing? We should make dua for our kids, of course. We should make dua for our children, ourselves. And make them confident Muslims. Don't make them submissive to the creation of Allah. They should only be Muslim to Allah Azza wa Jal, submit to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kuntum khayra ummatan للناس, بالمعروف, المنكر, you are the best nation raised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are the best nation, man, come on. Act like it. Make them feel proud we are Muslims, alhamdulillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made us come to this dunya while our parents were Muslims already. We did not have to make a difficult decision of choosing between Islam and Kufr. Thank Allah for this and be proud of that. Make them proud. Inna deena indallah al-Islam. Make sure they understand in front of Allah only deen acceptable Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Islam. وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِي غَيْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينَ فَلَنْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ In front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no other deen will be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except Islam. Make sure our ch- children understand this. Be proud of it. Don't give them false ideas. Everybody will be going to Jannah. Because we are going against what Allah has said. Because Allah is saying you only accept the deen of Islam. And then, as parents, remember one thing. Please, please, please. I'll say three times. Remember this simple ayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu, lima taquluna ma la tafa'alun. O you who believe, why do you say what you don't do? Kabura maqtan indallahi an taqulu ma la tafa'alun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loathes hates it that you say something and you don't do it. So when you're dealing with the children, make sure that you walk the talk. Ask any child and look at those children, your own children. You think that they're not listening, right? 
Even when you are talking and they are not listening, they are listening. And more of it, they are watching what you are doing. If we have contradictions in our talks and actions, they know. They know you are fooling them. So let's not do this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates this. I don't have time, but I'll give you a quick example and then points to remember, and then we'll, we'll be off. One of the sickness that we have in the society, and that becomes a test for us, which is we give in when it comes to our own benefit to things sickness like riba, interest. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared war against the people who were involved with riba. Do we have strength to go against Allah and His Messenger? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. And not only that, and this hadith I mentioned intentionally for the people so they know the severity of it. And this is a Hassan hadith, sometimes people are trying to say, no, it's not. The hadith is, Ariba sab'una huban aysaruhuma an yankiha rajulu ummah. La hawla wa la There are 70 branches, levels of riba. We all understand riba, right? Or the sood in Urdu. 70. The lowest level is having intercourse with your mother. See how big of a sin that is. I just want to show this, because if you don't understand the severity, this is the reason for this, to talk to us like this. And so Allah's words, I'm not making it up. And not only that, the other part is Rasulullah says, لَعَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ آكِلَ الرِّبَى وَمُوكِلَهُ وَكَاتِبَهُ وَشَاهِدَيْهِ وَقَالَ هُمْ سَوَاءُ Rasulullah said that there's a la'ana of the Messenger of Allah the curse of Allah's Messenger. That's a very dangerous thing by the way. For whom? The one who takes riba, the one who gives riba, the one who is signing the contract, the one who becomes the witness of the contract. And all of them are equal in it. I just want to bring the example so we will not act like it that the one who is uh, involved in the thing and asking children not to do it. And the dua part I mentioned, it's important to always remember, make dua for them. But at the same time, remember the hadith of Rasulullah a man, he was traveling, he had, his hair was with the dust, and then he started raising his hand like this, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi, Oh my Rabb, Oh my Rabb. By the way, when it says like this, a person was traveled. Traveler's dua is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One, he is going through hardship. Show the, the, the way he was. And he said, Ya Rabbi, oh my Rabbi, oh my Rabbi. And the hadith goes on. haram. What he eats is haram. haram. What he drinks is haram. haram. What he dresses is haram. bil haram. He's been nourished with the haram. Fa'anna yustajabala. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to respond to this dua? Same way, other place Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentioned that the one who make the wife you do not do enjoin the good and forbid the evil, then Allah will descend his adab over you. And then they say, Thumma you will make dua and Allah will not accept it. So fulfill the, the conditions of dua to be accepted. Don't just be a one who make dua only. Yes, dua has to be done, but do this. The last thing, 10 points I'm going to give, and we'll finish it in a minute. 
Okay, these 10 points, try to remember, I'm trying to sum it up. Number one, do things with them that they like. So we have a communication with your, with your children. Number two, is spend time with them. When they have time for you, soon they will not have time for you. And please, do not think sitting in front of the TV is spending time with them. Even though you're sitting next to each other, it, you are spending time with the TV. TV is your teacher now. Society is still talking to you, you're not talking to your children yet. Number three, be up to date with what your youth are into. Know what they are doing, what is out there for the youth. Discuss with them stories of the Prophet, Sahaba, and the Salihin, the heroes of Islam. Build them up to be brave, build them as leaders. Number seven, learn about Islam and teach them. First you learn also. Protect yourselves and them from the hellfire. And remember Islam is a way of life that needs to be implemented in our individual lives as well as a system. Take, take number nine, taking Islam in parts and bits is not Islam. You're following your desires. Number 10, and I'll stop there after that. Be part of establishing the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because that's the mission of Rasulullah sallallahu There will be no more prophets after Rasulullah sallallahu Now it's up to us. So be part of that. Find your role. What should I and we be doing? So I'll stop here. I understand I may have not left too much time. Uh, but if there is uh, any questions in the next five minutes, I'll try to answer. Or if you like, I can stay after the salah as well. And if there is any questions or comments you'd like to talk to me, I will be here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.